Welcome back, everybody, to episode 14 of Perpetual Sports Talk. My name is Sean. And I'm Scott. Yeah, it's uh, it's early in the morning, Scott. This is a special early morning episode, 5 a.m. How you feeling, buddy? Um, I hope you know how much this show means to me by, uh, you know, how I'm talking here at 5 a.m. Um yeah, it's pretty special. I, I wouldn't get up for 5 a.m. for many things, but this is one of them. I know. I couldn't even get my morning workout in. I'm skipping oh, this. <laughs> I'm, I'm, it, you know, I'm skipping my morning workout to do the show. Yeah, your Dunkin' Donuts? My donkey. You know what? I actually, believe it or not, I did get up to work out last week one time. And I thought I could do it again, and I just haven't yet. <laughs> but... But this is definitely, it was a lot easier getting out of bed to do this than it was to lift weights. Absolutely. You know, the difference between 5 a.m. and 6 a.m. is a huge difference. Seriously, this hour is a, it's a nice little hour to be sleeping. But it's also a nice little hour to be talking about sports. And we got a bunch of things to talk about. We have to get into the hot stove, all the trading that's going on in Major League Baseball. We got the NFL to talk about, got the Skins, big game coming up for them against Carolina on Monday. We got some bowls to preview. We got a little bit of college basketball, and we got a weekend appetizer. We haven't done a weekend appetizer, I feel like, in a couple of weeks because we haven't had a Thursday episode. We did a weekend leftover last week. That's right. I got a lot to extending the episode from last week. Yeah. Uh, it's good. Yeah. Making up for it, you know? Yeah. Making up. But let's get into let's get into the hot stove. Let's get into MLB. Okay. It's a lot of a lot of Nats news, huh? Yeah, a lot of Nats news. It it was just so cool because the winter meetings were going on in National Harbor. So I feel like just this area alone, I don't know it. I feel like it got a little more buzz. Well, there was some controversial stuff that went on with the Nets. And it's still, still currently going on. They're taking a lot of heat. Oh, yeah. Some decisions. Yeah, the Nets sort of dropped the ball a little bit on a couple of closers that would have been nice to have. And they still don't have a closer. But, yeah. I, I mean, they need a closer. You, you need a bullpen. As much as I love... You know, starting pitchers who can extend into seven, eight innings regularly, you're not going to be able to be a successful baseball team unless you have a good bullpen, unless you have a, a closer. Look at the Orioles last year. They only had a bullpen. They only had a closer. And they still found a way to win games and win a lot of games and make the playoffs. Whereas the Nats... Yeah. So whereas the Nats had the had the stud had the stud starting pitchers had the disaster with Papelbon in the middle of the season, you know, sort of learned the hard way, got Melanson, you know, had a little bit of a little bit of regularity in the bullpen, and then, you know, I felt like they they finished the season pretty strong. And I'm not liking this no closer thing. They gotta go get a closer if they want to be successful. Hopefully we have to be patient, you know. Closers are going for a high rate nowadays, you know, with uh, 
I know Chapman got a huge deal. I think eighty six million. Mm-hmm. Jansen got eighty million ballpark. Um, it's a lot easier when the game is nine or eight innings long instead of nine. Um, I know when like Kershaw was beating the Nats or beat the Nats being the closer, he came out and had a had a good soundbite by saying, you know, that's that's a hard job. That's not an easy job. I mean, you say they might only pitch one inning, um, but it makes the game a lot easier for a team when the game is only eight innings and they only have to fill, you know, maybe six innings from a starter and then hold them over for two innings until the till the bullpen or until the closer gets it. Um, and and it's an important job. Um, whether we need to criticize it now in December, I think we wait and see. Um, I think we'd be those crazy over overactive fans if we just like gonna criticize Rizzo and and the Nationals right now. Um, but it's definitely a it's definitely a uh, issue because, like you said, Melanson's gone, um, and then there's some few big Wade Davis is off the table. Uh, Jansen's off the table. Chapman's off the table. Um, but who says we need a, a big time closer? We've done it with. We did it with Storin that one year. Uh, we, we, we've done it. And, and we'll, I think we'll season. figure it out. Yeah, well, you know. I just, I, I feel like we're going to be having this same conversation in 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 March and in early April. I well, feel like we're going to be talking about Blake Trinan and how he sh- we shouldn't see him in the ninth inning. Well, we went and got ourselves a center fielder. Doesn't that count for something? Oh, yeah. I'm excited about Adam Eaton, Adam Eaton, and a lot of a lot of just baseball guys got a lot of heat. Hate that trade. Yeah, like you got a lot of heat. I like it. I've honestly, I have no problem problem with giving away prospects for a current successful player. I mean, you and I watched probably every single game that Giolito started. And he had a lot of issues, particularly with that curveball. His curveball was breaking, I mean, so early. It was just a bad curveball. It was not a big league curveball. And I'm okay with, you know, he can he can go be a star somewhere else. And even if he does turn out to be a star, I'm not going to think, oh, we should have held on to him. You know, we got Eaton being awesome, you know, another outfielder, and it's, it's going to be great to have – Turner playing shortstop, and the one of the things I thought of with with Eaton coming to the Nats was, you know what, Harper, go ahead and chase your four hundred million dollar contract to greener pastures in, in two years because we got this Adam Eaton guy. You, you know what I mean? I feel well, like this just yeah. gives. I feel like this well, is I, just hit. You know, the Nats signing Eaton is just sort of saying, you know. Okay, we Harper, we got a we, we got another outfielder. We got another solid 280 290 hitter. You know, no no power. I mean, the guy's 59. However, I just sort of Harper, you, yeah, you had that MVP season awesome, but you're not irreplaceable. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um it's it's tough because I mean, I personally, I was I was in disbelief when they said G. Lito was a part of that trade. I mean, that's like the best minor league system 
right now. And so they have said Gilito, Lopez, and Dunning are going to Chicago for Adam Eaton. And I thought it was just highway robbery, to be honest. You think? it's It was shocking. I thought about it, and, and I, I read some stuff, and I – I looked up some stuff. Our center field numbers last year were horrible. Until we put Turner out there. Between Revere and Taylor. I mean, Turner, I believe he started 44 games in center fielder. If you take him out, we're the worst. We had the worst center fielder in the league between Revere and Taylor. Yeah, it was definitely a hole oh, to fill. By far, numbers-wise, we had <laughs> they, the worst. It was a hole they needed to fill in the roster, and they did. And so now you move Turner to short, you get rid of Espinoza. Espinoza um, to the rest Angels in peace, in for peace. a couple arms. Yeah. Um, great net career in the Nationals uniform. Um, but, I mean, you improve. You definitely improve your, your lineup. You certainly you know, you improve. Na- you now have a... You now have a leadoff hitter, you know. You and you certainly improve right now. Giolito and Lopez—they were the number one prospects. All that was based on numbers and projections, and it's great. And I'm sure they're going to go have really lucrative careers, and it's going to be fun watching. Mm-hmm. It's going to be fun watching when they come to town. You know, that would be the ultimate thing. Giolito so. versus. Eaten, you know, to to start to start off a game, first inning. That'd be exciting to watch because it's like, okay, right here, these couple at bats might might sort of give might let us know who won the trade. You know, you know what I mean? Yeah, of course. I mean, we won't know that for for years. I think we get, we get immediate results, and like you said, baseball guys were in disbelief because. You're always taught, and you're always you always learn as a, as growing up around baseball. Is you got to have a good farm system, you know. We're not we're not the especially us not teams not like the Yankees or Dodgers that can just buy players. Um, we're, you got to build from the ground up. That's what yeah. successful teams do. Especially look at the look at the Cubs. I mean, they got they had some prospects that that panned out and now very well for them. Yep, having homegrown guys. I think the Nationals must have known something that we didn't know about Giolito or just got that same feeling like, you know, he might not actually pan out. Yeah, and that his curveball sucked. <laughs> you know, minor league stuff. We'll see. I, I like it just because, you know, basing anything off projections, I don't think you can put – I don't know. I I don't like putting a whole lot of stock in in project. That's like that's like the guys who build their fantasy lineup based on the projection numbers. It's like you know you got to go with your gut every now and again, right? Yeah, analytics first. That's the new. That's the new. That's the way the world works now. It's all that's about true. numbers. It, it's actually I read an article. Joe Madden at the winter meetings at an interview said that he thought fantasy baseball should being should be taught in schools as a part of like a math <laughs> curriculum and and messing around with numbers and 
you know, I mean, it's not just math, but it's it's stuff like that. It's it's analyzing numbers and and the whole metrics, which that would bring a whole new crop of nerds into the realm of baseball. I thought it was kind of cool, though. Him saying, you know what? Schools have Skype. I would I would gladly talk to classes about a fantasy baseball lesson. Wouldn't that be awesome? Just sitting in fifth grade math and it's like, yeah, sure. oh, Mr. Madden is gonna be on the the well, should be talking the, the, the video schools. chat. What he's, he's talking about? Like in our public schools, our tax dollars are going to kids to play fantasy baseball. Yes. Oh your, boy, your hard-earned tax dollars. Oh boy. Ah, but he's he's mad. He comes up with weird ideas. That's what he does. That's what he does yeah. on the on the. That's what he. He's not going to say anything normal. He doesn't he's have a still, normal. He's still thinking about at night how to screw up Harper next year. Yeah, I guess. What is it going to be? I mean, I what mean, else could? Yeah. Conversation. Could do? Conversation for when it happens. Yep. A new, a, a different rule came out in baseball. Rookie hazing. We've all seen pictures. We've all been to games where we see the rookie pitchers walking back to the bullpen, carrying carrying a bunch of snacks, a bunch of seeds for the for the veteran pitchers, stuff like that, or, or wearing silly little backpacks with Disney princesses on them. New rule came out that, you know, they're not banning rookie hazing entirely, only forcing rookies to cross-dress. Not allowed to do that anymore. So the picture of, it was Harper a couple, it was Harper in 2012, obviously. He was wearing the, the gymnastics leotard. He looked like the women's gymnastics team from the prior Summer Olympics. Okay. That that's no longer allowed because because it could be very offensive, Scott. And obviously, they do this out of spite and not just out of ridiculousness and fun. So they've banned it. Uh, whatever, man. This is the, that's the way the world is going. It's the PC world. Um, if that's the way it's going to be, that's just the way the world's going to work, man. Yeah. It's going to happen in all sports. It's going to getting rid of that new rule about chewing, that new rule about cross-dressing. It's all about putting on a good example. Oh, and yeah. And rookies is not the best thing. The MLB, the, the last thing MLB needs is a lawsuit. Somebody's offended by this, this picture that comes out and, you know, the old school baseball fans get all everybody gets all upset. So I don't know. Yeah, it's weird because no they didn't they didn't outlaw hazing entirely. It was only forcing players to cross dress essentially because only that's offensive, but not yeah. all the other hazing. So I can't. So it was rookie. You know, you can't make a rookie dress up like Wonder Woman. But who's dressing gonna, up like have him dress up like Spider Man and Superman would be okay. And I can't wait. Is there, some, is there an MLB guy in every locker room that monitors it, like monitors everything? Oh, who knows? Who knows? But with all the pictures and everybody yeah. has the capability of essentially being a media source, 
you know, nothing is nothing is right. sacred. I just thought it was funny because it's only, you know, they're outlawing. You can't dress up like a, a woman superhero, only the Spider-Man or Superman. So I can't wait for this to have a reverse effect. And then in like a couple of years, we forget about the rule. And then some angry whatever group will say, well, why aren't they dressing up like women superhero, only male superheroes? That to us is offensive. What, what women can't be superheroes? And it's like, a couple of years ago, you got mad at the other thing, and now you want to switch? Yes, uh. they can all. So in five years, we're going to be talking about how rookies can only be hazed by dressing hey. up like women superheroes to make everything fair. Hopefully we're still doing the show in five years, but oh. everybody's always offended at somebody. Right. Bottom line. Just ridiculous and funny and, and funny pictures. And one get, one that actually made me laugh was, this is what the Cardinals do. When they go to Wrigley to, to play the Cubs, they make the, they make the Cardinals rookies walk across the street to like a coffee shop in their full uniform jersey hat to get really? to get all the older guys coffee. I thought that was a really really good one. That's that's fun. walking around in your in your jersey and pants. Yeah. That one that was good. See, they, they didn't lose that on. one. They didn't lose that one because nobody's cross-dressing. Only the cross-dressing have they lost. Whatever, man. <laughs> anyway, Hopefully, sometime soon we're we're talking about a closer coming to coming to the Nats. Maybe Zach Britton. Maybe the O's say, "Hey, that's, we that's need a, a pretty st- price man." Hey, we need a starter. We need a lot of starters, and we what got are the, what are some starters that the Nats can give them? Just you know, we we traded them all. Uh, yeah, well, so especially just, for a closer like that. Just oh, it's gonna the pot's gonna have to be sweet, best best closer in, in baseball the past couple of years. Yeah, yeah. However, something to keep your eye on. I hope we, I hope we come back to talking we'll about this sooner rather than later. But for now, let's switch sports to the NFL. The Seattle Seahawks clinched the NFC West last night, Scott. Yeah, I watched Zippy of that game. Twenty-four to three. I don't know if I've actually have watched a whole Thursday night game no. in its entirety this entire season. It's a poop fest, man. It's a poop fest. It is a poop fest, according to according to Richard Sherman. He had some choice words for the NFL earlier in the week because he felt it was unfair for I'm gonna say him and only him. To have to play on Thursday because he's never made this comments before. And we have, I actually have that interview. So let me just pull it up real quick. So this is Sherman. This is Sherman calling the NFL a poop fest. Poop. Get poop mouth. Get poop out of your mouth. Oh, wait a second. That wasn't Richard Sherman. That was Chris Parnell's character from Anchorman after Ron, <laughs> Ron Burgundy's wares. Whoops. I don't know. They just sounded so similar. It was a couple guys whining and complaining, and <laughs> I hope nobody took either one seriously because they weren't supposed to be taken seriously. At least if anybody did, 
I think it's a little ridiculous. Eh, I mean, so his comment about, you know, Thursday night football being a poop fest. Uh, I I understand where he's coming from, though. Can you at least can you at least give me that? He's being he's being whiny and and I guess, but he's one of the more vocal guys in the NFL, and he's not afraid to speak his mind. Um, or I'm where I'm trying to draw uh, a connection between and tell me if I'm I'm failing or not is um, I, I personally agree with. Thursday night football just being unnecessary. Um, Thursday night football is the NFL trying to do too much. They own a particular day of the week. Like, no other sport besides maybe college football can has the right to say that, that they own a certain day of the week. And they're now expanding. They've always done Monday night football. Now they're expanding to Thursday night football, trying to take another day of the week. And I don't think people are biting on that. At least I'm not, and I know you're not either. Um, It's just, it seems unnecessary. They they need to do the scheduling better. Then there's ways to do that too. So teams aren't playing a short week. You see what I'm saying? So they need to have the bye week before a team plays a Thursday night game. Um, Obviously they're not doing it now. But there just needs to be better ways to do it so, you know, they don't have a short week. And I don't know that the viewership numbers on, on a game like that, but it, it's a pretty big game, especially with the Seahawks, you know, clutching the division. Yeah, so it's, it's just an unfortunate time. The timing's bad because, number one, they're playing the Rams. They're playing the Rams. It's like, dude, suck it up and go play a mediocre NFL team. Number oh, you're two, really telling Richard th- Sherman to suck it up then. You're really on the other side of that. Yes. Number two, huh. Thursday night games have been or Thursday games have been going on a lot longer since the NFL has become greedy, like your boy Cuban said. Thanksgiving games have been going on. For, for, for a longer time than just, you know, when the NFL Network showed a Thursday game. And not to mention, the Skins had to do this earlier in the season. The Skins had to do this, and, and it was after a Sunday night game. Sherman didn't play Sunday night. He just playing Green Bay Sunday afternoon, and then he, he's whining about it. And, again, nobody is making these guys play football. Nobody's making. Nobody's holding a gun to their head, saying, "Do this dance," or. or I don't think he's saying that though. Well, I just think he's trying to have an intelligent. Well, I say intelligent conversation, but that that ends when you call something a poop fest. Yeah, geez. Um, I mean, he's a Stanford graduate, and he did a lot of writing. He couldn't come up with a better adjective than than a poop fest. Really? Sure. But why not, you know, instead of just name calling, we, we probably talk about this with the with the kids, you know. Instead of name calling, come up with a solution. Ah. Come up with an alternative solution to it. That's a good lesson plan right there. Right. Instead good. of just this is a poop fest, this sucks. I don't want to do it. Okay, what what are your better options? How do you how do you want to make this better? 
Do you want to just not play Thursday night football at all? Or do you want to come up with a plan um, to have maybe a bye week before? And so you don't have a short week. You know, like th- there's yeah, certain that, ways to get around it. That gets into a lot of weird scheduling conflicts, I feel no, like, though. To get I'm, every- I'm not saying I have the perfect solution with the bye week. I'm just saying Richard Sherman, should, I think, chose a lack of maturity by just name-calling and instead of just had to trying to have an intelligent conversation about it. Yeah. And some of his – well, his main point, though, essentially was player safety. He's like, the, the NFL makes such a big deal with concussion protocol, stuff like that, and player safety, and then they make us go out there and play four days later, essentially. He said, my, my body's probably only going to be 50 60%. And nobody said – that playing football safe. I feel like it was almost big breaking news, particularly in the past couple of years, just with the problems with concussions. And is it a horrible thing? Yeah, of course it is. You don't want to see you don't want to see perfectly healthy athletes going down a, a just a bad road like that. There are tons of examples. But at the same time, it's a voluntary thing. Nobody it, it wasn't like breaking news, whoa. Playing a football game can can hurt you. It's like, yeah, of course, but that's the thing that they love doing. It's not only their job; it's it's their passion. And to and to use that, it's it's almost like the, he's just trying to use this leverage to to complain about something. And it's like he's taking advantage of it. Do you see what I'm saying? Kind of, kind of. I mean, they have to use their platform to talk about something. But I, again, I, I've said it before, you just need to, to, to do it in a more intelligent way. Have a conversation about it. I like Instead that. Instead of just talking to a reporter. I do, I do want to use that, though. Okay, class, Richard Sherman called everybody poopy. What What's a better could we have for? done right here instead of that? Yeah, have, a, have, a, have your class come up with a solution to Thursday Night Football. <laughs> I like it. And then just write Goodell. Yeah, there you go. Just yeah. use the kids. Yeah, there you go. Skins. The Redskins. What you got? I'm I'm excited for whatever stupid thing Josh Norman is going to do against his former team, the Carolina Panthers. And I'm excited for cam's press conference at the end of the i'm i'm ex- this is gonna sound bad i feel like i'm more excited for all the after effects than i am for the for the actual game really important game for the skins the skins need to win this weekend and the cowboys need to beat tampa bay in order for the playoffs to really be a realistic thing for the washington redskins so it's a very important weekend and which cam is going to show up? Is it going to be MVP cam? Or is it going to be playing dress-up Cam Newton? Which is it going to be? I feel like that's going to that's going to be a big factor. Kirk, he's going to need to have, unfortunately, a career night again. Well, he's, he's going to have to play well every single time. Part, yeah, but particularly just with the, with the, with the poor defense. And the Skins just made an addition to their 
to their 40-man roster, picked up Nick Moody, uh, linebacker, who, you know, no big deal, has uh, a couple convictions and some sort of arrest, but, you know, let's, yeah, let's go throw him, let's go, let's go pick him up and, and see what happens. Just, just, but just because there were some, some injuries, more injuries going on, going on with the skins. Mm-hmm. So we'll see, we'll see if he gets any time, but I heard an interesting little tidbit about Cam Newton and Josh Norman. I was going to throw your way. Okay. So last training camp, when when Josh Norman obviously was still with the Carolina Panthers, apparently, this is just during a drill, he intercepted a, a Cam Newton pass. And then they got into a little bit of a fight after the interception because apparently, and this is the kicker, Newton, this is Cam Newton, felt like Norman was celebrating a little too much and that sort of ticked cam newton off a little bit well he was the mvp last year so well this is even this is even before last year this is Ah. training camp of last year yeah before before he had his incredible season which was an incredible season you know it's a essentially a guy the size of a tight end playing quarterback and who was fast like a running back incredible season who also you know incorporated a bunch of dance moves and said well <laughs> if y'all don't like it then you better stop me and I thought this is funny this little backstory coming out how it sort of upset Cam a little bit that that Norman celebrated after after intercepting a pass in a drill I mean yeah who I guess they do celebrate in in drills i mean yeah that's ridiculous but you figured to mr celebration has everything planned i i guess i thought he'd be a little more open to the idea i thought it was funny and he said newton said that he's gonna he's gonna want to target norman he's like i'm competitive i'm gonna throw his way of course so we'll see i'm i'm hoping hoping it's a good game skins are gonna need to score a lot of points I'm hoping they even out. The, this is something that we talked about, but I hope they even out the the run game and the pass game. Yeah, I but hope. they're a passing team. This is what they are. If you accept that for what it is now, I don't know. I don't have I don't have a huge problem with being a passing team. It's the way the league is moving, though. Oh, for for sure. But you still need to even it out a little better, than, especially when the running back in in Robert Kelly has been doing a pretty good job. Yeah. Oh, and Chris Thompson getting the TD last week as well. I mean, give those guys the ball. Give them a chance. Yeah. We do, I do love seeing Kurt go deep. Love that. Love when he's on. But even it out a little bit to 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 keep the defense guessing. That's all. Yep. So that's oh, you're, you're you're right, but. Um... Just going back, actually, you know, to, to what we were talking about before, this would have been a good transition kind of for you. Um, the skins, uh, we're talking about Richard Sherman a lot, but the skins have a pretty bad schedule. And I'm not going to, like, sit here and be like, oh, we, you know, we should deserve more. I think if we just keep winning, 
the playoffs will take care of itself. I don't look too much about, you know, Tampa Bay beating the Cowboys for us to have a shot at the playoffs. I think if we just keep winning, the it'll work itself out. Um, so I'm kind of old school in that way. I'm not going to watch the Cowboys game just because they have to lose um, or have to win or something like that. Yeah, they gotta know. they gotta beat the Bucks. The Cowboys have to win. Okay, so now we're rooting for the Cowboys. See, that's just wrong in itself. I feel like, but anyway, <laughs> um, like just for example, you know, Richard Sherman's complaining about the short week. The Skins have had tough times this this year. I mean. So in week 11, the Skins played the Packers, remember, on so Sunday Night Football. And then Thanksgiving was the next week. Right. And so they played Sunday Night Football, and then Thursday, what, during the day. Right. Away, you know, Away. in Dallas. Yeah, in Dallas. on the road. Right, that's what I was talking about, how it was sort of a double-edged sword, that what Sherman was saying. Again, we have to play on Monday night against Carolina. And now we're playing the Bears. I think it's a day game. It's a, it's a Saturday game. I'm sorry. It's a Saturday game. Yeah. Yeah, well, see, that's the NFL getting greedy is the weird December right. Saturday games when the college season So we has. play a Monday night game and then go to, to Chicago for a Saturday game. A Saturday game. But I, I, I don't see any Skins players – whining about it to no, the media. Maybe it so. happens in the locker room. Rightfully so. It probably I hope it happens in the locker room. But them just saying, you know, regardless of what they say, they're not a bigger name and they'll have a bigger sound bite as Richard Sherman can create or Chris Parnell. But yeah. Exactly. <laughs> but yeah. And yeah, I mean it's I don't know. It's disappointing to to just see complaining like that sure we'll see a little playoff and, push let's keep winning that's, yeah that's all i ask for yeah absolutely so we'll be obviously talking about that in the early edition of pst next week for now let's let's switch sports again or maybe let's just go down a level to to college football what do you let's think do let's do it okay down a level to college football so we got the Bulls coming up this weekend. Nothing really exciting. I actually, yeah. well, I'm actually going to get into one thing about the Las Vegas Bowl, but I'll <laughs> do that in Weekend Appetizer. Okay. The, the the only other breaking news from this week, not breaking news, but news from this week was the issue with the Wake Forest radio broadcaster, Tommy Elrod, former assistant coach, just a Wake Forest guy, like his whole life, apparently has been leaking plays to the Demon Deacon's opponents for several years. And there's not a whole lot of, I don't want to say information, because a couple teams now are saying, sort of coming out and and almost admitting to it, I guess. But I feel okay. like there's... I feel like there's more to the story. Like I wouldn't be surprised if in I a mean, couple was weeks he, we just hear about how it was like a big accident. Was and he Elrod paid is just for basically it? saying like I was just talking to like old coaching buddies and 
stuff just slipped. You know, they're talking about poker and blah, blah, blah. And all of a sudden, and by the way, we're running this play usually in the first series of of each yeah i don't know if he's getting paid for it or what his angle is and all this but that's that's weird but he's a wake forest guy like he is he's he's our he's our current radio announcer yeah yeah i believe he's the analyst so he's not i don't get it no there's more to that story yeah right there's something but i just wanted to compare it to what would this look like what would this deed look like in other sports like the first thing i thought of was the pete rose you know all the pete rose gambling stuff or any sort of you know sort of the opposite but almost like throwing a game you know what i mean like no uh, wouldn't it wouldn't it be like wouldn't it be like stealing signs in baseball i feel like stealing signs is so I feel like it, that's a minor issue, and aren't players and coaches sort of taught to steal signs? Like, that's part of the game. Teaching players oh. and, like, trying to steal signs, being on second base, looking into the catcher signs, trying to relay it to the hitter, that's just part of the game. And everybody knows that, and there are ways to just cover that up. I mean, that's why you see the catcher give a million different signs when there's a runner on second base. So that's a part of the game. This really isn't a part of the game. This is, you know, this is the playbook, and the other team has it now. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, I don't think that's the the reason Wake Forest has been so historically bad over the past, you know, right, they got so long. But, you know, I mean, you still have to go and execute. You know, as much as they know the game plan, um, it's, he's a radio announcer, so how much can he really know? Well, he, he was the color analyst, and then also he's a former coach. Okay, he's a former yeah. Coach. Fair enough. I mean, yeah, I, I, I compare it to stealing signs because as much as you know, you still have to go out and execute. Hmm. You know, I, sure, it would be great to know what the other team was going to run, but until it actually happens, you know, there's only so much you can do. Okay. I don't think it's that big of a deal. Um, I obviously if he's getting paid for it or something like that. That's just horrible. But I don't know. There's more to the story that needs to be talked about before I make a comment. Well, we'll we'll see. We'll see for sure. Because I don't think I don't think this issue is over. You know what I mean? There there definitely yeah. is some. There definitely is something else. But that's we'll that's really the Tommy Elrod. Yeah, and bookmark him. That's really the only thing in college football, other than the bowl starting, which are great. But I'll get yeah. into I'll <laughs> get into a specific one for weekend appetizer. But before that, okay. before weekend appetizer, I was watching I was watching Villanova play Temple this week, and watching Josh Hart play Villanova, incredible player. I mean, awesome. And TV announcers are saying, you know, this kid's possible, you know, player of the year. Yeah. Said, wow. You know, he put up, let's see, he put up 26 points in yeah. that in that Temple game. The game before that against Notre Dame put up 37 points. A college kid. I thought, wow, really, really good. Yeah. 
And then I was curious. I just wanted to compare his numbers to George Mason's Marquise Moore. And and Josh Hart averaging 20 points a game. Awesome. Marquise Moore right behind him, 17.9. You know, a a, a three-pointer shy. But then this is what what sort of I chuckled at. Josh Hart, who's six foot six, averaging, let's see here, 6.5 rebounds a game. And we've talked about we talked about this last week. Marquise yeah. Moore, ten point six. He's averaging that. He's averaging that double double. And I guess, and you know, didn't want to jinx anything. Talked about the idea of, you know, we're excited that Mason's doing so well. Most wins in the A ten, but we don't want to see any fool's gold type situation happening later in the season. But I feel like you're throwing. Josh Hart's name in there for for Player of the Year. Why not have Why not have Marquise uh, in there right after it? No, too bold, too bold to say that before is bold. conference. I mean, conference play. Still, definitely save it for conference play. They're predicting it. I mean, Josh Hart won a national championship last year. Mason won eleven games. You know, I'm a I'm a huge Mason Homer here, but let's put things in, in perspective. He also hasn't played at tough a schedule as Josh Hart has. Yeah. He hasn't led his team the past two years to a number one ranking and you know, all this. I mean, I love Marquise Moore and he and he's he's playing his his butt off right now. I mean, these numbers are incredible. But let's just let's just look at the big picture here and see what you know, a guy in the A ten is most likely never gonna win a, an MVP award in college basketball it's just it's a mid-major so you know it really doesn't matter he could average way better numbers than josh hart and as long as josh hart keeps winning he's going to win the mvp with those numbers without a doubt right that makes sense that makes sense i just i was just curious i was just curious just looking at the numbers thought it was pretty cool josh hart's a local kid too he's got silver spring I went to Sidwell Friends in D.C. Oh no, kidding! So he's he's a D.C. boy. Okay, yeah, a lot of good, but, a lot of good basketball in the area. Oh, tons! A lot of good basketball in the area for sure. Okay, but with that, but with that, let's just let's just cruise right in to weekend appetizers. Let's do it. What do you think, Scott? What do you what are you excited for? What's what what are you nibbling on this Friday early morning? We already had a we had to do the week on uh, what was that Monday? Uh, or, t- yeah, Tuesday. The wrestler shot Tuesday. That was a good one. That was yeah. a good one. Yeah, you know, wrestler playing vigilante hero. What what's not to like about that? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not as high on the bowls this weekend as you are. I know you got your Las Vegas bowl and toilet bowl and all these different bowls going on. You know, but I'm not a big mid-December bowl guy. I don't know how big you are. Well, um, no, no, I mean nothing super attractive about it. I'm not going to be sitting in front of the TV, listening on the radio to, to all these bowls. If I catch them, I'll catch them. But right, so t- take it or leave it, appetizer. It's sure. you know like a it's like a fried pepper or like a fried. Well, vegetable it's like, it's like the breadsticks they leave on your on your table. Okay, it's like I'll eat them. 
but I'm not going to go out of my way to eat them. Right. That's actually a pretty good, that's a pretty good metaphor right there. But the reason why I'm excited for the Las Vegas Bowl, Donnell Pumphrey playing for the San Diego State Aztecs. They're playing Houston. Okay, they're playing Houston. If he rushes for 108 yards, something that's very doable, he breaks the FBS rushing record. That is currently 6,397. So he just needs 108 more yards, and then this kid from San Diego State, who's, by the way, five foot nine, and he's 180 pounds, he could he could make a make a pretty big splash coming out of the coming out of the Mountain West, and so that's gonna be cool. So even though it's sort of your breadsticks, the breadsticks, keep your ear out for that because that's something that I'm definitely gonna want to talk yeah. about if yeah. if that happens over the weekend. But other than that, no Mason, no Mason game. Skins game is Final is on three. Monday. Yeah. So that's that's my that's my one only that's my one and only appetizer. For, uh, that's all I got. I, I got nothing, man. For the, week. Uh, the Wizards. Anything about the Wizards before we wrap it up? Um, John Wall, I believe, just broke a franchise steal record, and wow. they made it to t- they made it to ten wins. They're in double digits. <laughs> they are in Playoffs, double digits, baby. Scott. That's exciting. That's actually big. But again, more. It's a Washington, D.C. player who's having individual success without team success. We're probably going to talk about them next week as well. But for now, Scott, we got to go to work. we got to go to our other jobs, right? <laughs> our real jobs, man. But this was a good one. I could definitely do this again. Sounds good. All right, everybody. we get paid to do this. Yeah. Thank you again, as always, for, for coming back. We really, really appreciate it. This has been episode 14 of Perpetual Sports Talk. My name is Sean. And I'm Scott.